Come Holy Spirit, Lord, give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, our hearts, and our souls fertile soil that your word, the word of truth and the word of light, will bring great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, Lord. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. John the Baptist is proclaiming this as Jesus is manifested for the first time at his baptism as the Son of God. Behold the Lamb of God. We could ask ourselves a question, you know, this, this language for us, the Lamb of God, is, is very common, very common for us, almost too common. You know, we, the priest uses these words every single Mass as he elevates the host Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Taking these right out of the mouth of John the Baptist. Manifestation of the one who has come to offer his life as a sacrifice for us. He is here. He is present. Most profoundly in the most holy Eucharist. But why a lamb? And this is one of those things where we could have a semester-long course on just breaking open this theology of, of the Lamb, of who the Lamb is. But at the heart of it, we have to go back to Exodus. You have the Israelite people whom the Lord chose and then made a covenant with them. And then different aspects that have happened, right? They fall into slavery in Egypt. And so they are there, and they are in slavery, and the Lord has promised that he will come get them. And finally, there's the manifestation, right, to Moses. And he tells Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go, that they may come and worship me, that they may come and be in relationship with me. And Pharaoh, of course, we know is like, nope, not going to happen. The only God around here is me. And we're going to do what I say. And the Lord's like, okay. So then we have the plagues, right? What is ultimately just a manifestation of like, hey, Pharaoh, you're not God. I am God. I am God. And I am coming to get my people who have been enslaved by you. So the last plague we know is as the angel of death passes over Egypt, the Lord tells the Israelites, he says, do this. Again, here's, here's a whole other series of homilies about the, about the sacred liturgy. But he tells them to perform a liturgy. To perform a liturgy that they might be saved. He says, take an unblemished lamb, slaughter the lamb, roast its flesh. Place the blood of the lamb across your doorpost, right? Eat the flesh of the lamb with unleavened bread and then do this do this yearly as a memorial as a remembrance of how i have saved you from slavery so they do this in all of the israelite families who slaughtered the lamb roasted the lamb 
put its door, put its blood upon their doorpost, who ate the lamb with the unleavened bread, and who again, and then later years kept this as a memorial, right? They were saved. This ultimate, and at that point, you know, the Pharaoh's like, go, leave. And they go. And it's the beginning of this deeper revelation of who God is and who they are. So he's beginning to tell them, you are not slaves. They had lived in slavery so long that even along the journey to the promised land, they were like, we're hungry, let's go back. How ridiculous is that? I mean, we can say that now. It's like they're on the long the journey to the promised land. They, they had come to believe in the core of their beings that they were slaves so much that when they got hungry, they said, let's go back to be slaves. Crazy. But you know what, brothers and sisters? We do the same thing. As the Lord is freeing us from sin, and the Lord is moving us into deeper relationship with Him, and ultimately in the promised land of heaven, this, this path of discipleship, this path of sanctification, when we get hungry, when our heart starts to ache, what do we do? Let's go back to sin. Let's enslave ourselves again in a certain sense to sin and not follow the path of the Lord. We could say to them, they're crazy. We'd have to say to ourselves, we are crazy. Why do we go back when the hunger arises? We forget who God is and what he has done for us. And in the forgetting, we forget who we are, and so we return to slavery. And so this is happening again over and over over the course of the life of the Israelites and their relationship with the Lord. And at the time when Jesus comes, it is happening to them again, and they are a conquered people. And one of the things the Lord continually to tell them, keep this memorial every week. Celebrate this reality. Celebrate this reality. And other things that they would do on a daily basis, and a weekly basis, and a yearly basis to remember who God was and who they are so that they could follow him into freedom. Into freedom. He's like, but pay attention that you're going to be living among other people but do not serve their gods. Do not serve their gods. And what do they do? Like, well, you know, their gods are kind of cute. Their gods are kind of nice. They look harmless. And they just meander over. Just like we. Oh, you know, I mean, maybe I shouldn't do that, but it looks kind of nice. Lust, pride, greed, greed, envy, jealousy, you name it. Whatever it is, oh, it's not so bad. And we wander over and the Lord is like, no. Remember who I am, and who you are. And so this period in the history of first century uh, Israel and and the Jews, right, they, they were beginning again, just like, Lord, where are you? This promised Messiah, where are you? And then so here's John the Baptist. He goes out into the desert. Why the desert? The place where the Lord journeyed with them from slavery to freedom, the place where he was purifying their hearts of thinking that they were slaves, of letting them know that they were truly sons and daughters on the way to the promised land. John the Baptist goes back there. 
And as he goes back there, he's saying, prepare the way of the Lord. He is coming. Turn away from sin. Turn away from the idols and the other things that you have clinged to. And turn again towards your God. And then Jesus comes, and he is baptized. And the heavens are opened. And we hear the voice of the Father. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then the next day, Jesus comes by. And then John says, Behold the Lamb of God. People of Israel, do you remember who your God is, what he has done for you, and who you are? Look at him. Look at him. And don't just look, but take him in. Why is one of the reasons why we come to Mass every single Sunday, at minimum, at minimum, every single Sunday? It is because the Lord, right himself, is telling us, Behold the Lamb of God. Remember who I am and what I have done for you. Remember the reality of slavery. Remember it, slavery to sin. Remember what it tastes like. Remember its effect in your life. Remember it. And we don't have to think that far. We can maybe think until just like an hour ago, right? Maybe as we were walking in the door. And the Lord says, but look at me. I am here. I am your God who has manifested himself in this way to take away your sin to set you free, and to claim you again as sons and daughters. Look at me. Behold me. Because in looking at me, you remember who I am and what I have done for you, and then therefore who you are. Do not forget. St. Paul tells us, we have not received a spirit of fear to fall back into slavery. Right? When the ache of the heart manifests itself, where's the Lord? What's going on? I don't have the particular things that I desire in life right now. Maybe grave suffering in my life, and I'm crying out, and there's the temptation. Let me go back. Let me go back to the other things, in a sense, to the other gods, the sin in my life that I cling to for comfort. But the Lord is saying, no, walk with me. Persevere with me through the desert into the promised land because you are not slaves but sons and daughters you are not slaves but you are sons and daughters and anything that has bound us any lie in our own head any sin that we've allowed to just wrap us up the lord is infinitely more powerful infinitely more powerful so when we come to mass and as we're celebrating the Holy Eucharist, we have the scriptures that remind us of who God is and who we are. We have the most Holy Eucharist where God is manifesting himself, that he's telling us to remember, keep this as a remembrance of me, which is more than just a memory, but a participation in that lived reality. Behold the Lamb of God. He did not just come a long time ago. He is here now. He is here now. So the question what does it mean, right, to love God and to love our neighbor? Behold 
the Lamb of God. What does it mean to live marriage well? Behold the Lamb of God. What does it mean to live a chaste life? Behold the Lamb of God. What does it mean to live justly in this world? What is the economic world supposed to look like? What does it mean to be a man and woman in who we are and all of the aspects of our sexuality and everything else that is there? What does it mean to love the poor? What is the pathway to heaven? Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Our minds and our eyes and our hearts should be constantly upon Him with everything else pulling at us. Money, power, attention, comfort, all of those things. Pope Benedict, who recently passed away, says, you, the world offers you comfort. The world offers you comfort, but you are not made for comfort. You are made for greatness. Which doesn't mean comfort is a bad thing. I like to be comfortable. But if comfort is the greatest good, I will lose my soul. And I will be unhappy. But if I'm pursuing God and authentic love, then the life of God is alive in my soul and real joy comes to fruition. So as we move forward today in this Mass, the simple things that are the, the most profound things in our life always, a life of discipleship, we must pray. Behold the Lamb of God in the Scriptures, before Him in the Eucharist, in our homes with the Word of God. Two, we must study the faith. To know who God is is to know who we are and what it means to live in this world. And without that truth, we are lost. Number three, we must love each other as Christ has loved us, both this community and those on the outside, loving our brothers and sisters in that way, and then particularly serving the poor. How can we give of our time, of our talent, to our treasure, to those who are most in need? We come to Holy Mass, oftentimes forgetting who God is and who we are, and so he reminds us today and all days, do you know who I am? Do you know who you are? Look no further, but behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and sets us free from slavery to be sons and daughters. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.